Welcome to the Fire Up Podcast. If you are looking for inspiration and in living out your Catholic faith, or would like some tips and strategies to live the virtue of chastity, or would like help living your vocation to the full, then you've come to the right place. This podcast is born out of our desire to set the whole world on fire with God's love so that every single person would know that they are made for love and happiness. We are your hosts, Simon Carrington. And I'm Madeline Carrington. And we're husband and wife. We're parents to to two gorgeous boys, the co-founders of Fire Up Ministries. And mate, we are on a bold mission to help you experience the love you've always dreamed of. So from wherever you are listening, we welcome you and we are so glad that you have joined us. How young people can practice expanding that gift of their virginity by living a chaste life, by having purity bound. I don't want to give you your answer, whatever you, but just like, like what, what are some ways that young people can actually um, can, can strengthen their virginity through chastity um, in, in, in preparation for marriage? And why is it beautiful and ideal to marry with, with your virginity? Um, yeah. Intact, yeah, with your virginity, yeah, with with um, with with your virginity in its in its entirely in its entirety in its wholeness. You know, look, I mean, we're even struggling because people don't have these conversations. I was going to say intact, but I was like, hang on, I know, I know, because mine was not fully either. So I was like, no, but that's kind of the language we go to. So maybe again, in its wholeness, maybe that's a you know, a better way, because again, we compromise, we wound, we chip away, we damage. Um, and so it's like, okay, what's the opposite of that? Um, yes, yes. So b- before I answer that, I, I want to make sure that um, we answer another question that was kind of arising as you were speaking, which is, you know, for people who have, um, you know, wounded, harmed their virginity, compromised their virginity, uh, I had to come up with a word to describe what's possible. And the word is that you can be re-virginized. And what I mean by that is that the Holy Spirit can do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. So I often will lead people, um, both kind of just if I'm one-on-one talking with someone, but sometimes a group, like I did this in Paraguay, I think, um, in Spanish, is, um, you know, I'll lead a group for the group to be re-virginized. And uh, because, um, and, and again, I'm not talking about, you know, like for women that, you know, that something's that their hymen is going to grow back. I'm not talking about that, that. But again, if you think about what virginity is, it's this disposition of totally available for union. And what's been robbed from you is this, this ability for perfect, for union through receptivity. And that what you've been is fragmented. And, uh, and often what ends up with women, I don't know about men, but they, they learn to disassociate from their body yeah. because they're not making a gift of self. They're just being used. You know, they're letting themselves be used or they're, you know, providing pleasure, whatever, however you want to say it. And so, in, you know, the, their person is not there. They're, they're going through the motions. Yeah. So you can see it's not a personal act, whereas virginity is a personal act. So we, so there, 
they're disassociated inside. So think about it. How if if you kind of patterned yourself to disassociate from the act that you're engaging in, or for men, what they they disassociate from the person that they're engaging the sexual activity with because they're caught up in the experience of the pleasure. Um, and so, you know, it sometimes doesn't matter who's providing the pleasure. So they're disassociating also that this is a personal act. Um, and, and so to be re-virginized um, is that calling down of the Holy Spirit and asking him to heal. That's what we're asking for. We're asking for a, a spiritual and emotional healing of every part of our body. So that which has been, you know, fragmented and, and um, what are the other, you know, separated, divided. So often what I'll ask, invite people to do is to imagine themselves like Mary at the Annunciation where the Holy Spirit falls upon them. Or I'll ask them to imagine them, themselves standing underneath a waterfall and experiencing that water, you know, cascading down them. And I'll pray a prayer because it's, again, it's not just are um, our, the parts of us that distinguish us sexually that have been de-virginized, you know, that have been wounded. It's our minds, it's our eyes, it's our mouths. It's, you know, different parts of our body that we have misused. And so pray for the Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit. And I do this still, come Holy Spirit, come and re-virginize my mind. You know, come and cleanse all those memories. Come and re-virginize my eyes, come and, and, and purify all those images, you know, that my eyes have seen. Come and re-virginize re my mouth, all the way that I've used my mouth in a way that was damaging and harmful, whether that's words or whether it's actually in sexual activity. And, and just go through, you know, your whole body. Come and, Lord, re-virginize my chest area. Re-virginize that part of me that distinguishes me as a man or as a woman. Re-virginize my knees for the time that I bowed myself to worldly idols, you know, rather than bowed the knees. to Re-virginize my feet that have taken me, you know, into these places that have been impure and unhealthy. Re-virginize my heart. Re-virginize my whole body. And that can really begin uh, not only the healing process in our bodies, but in our mind of resetting. Okay, this is a work of, again, of integration, of wholeness, of, of healing, so that I re-receive as a gift. You use the word gift. I re-receive every part of my body as a gift and start working toward that integration. Because to be virginal is to be integrated because you can't make a total gift of yourself and you can't receive the other totally if you're not whole and integrated. So I just wanted to be sure to um, address that because otherwise, you know, you hear it all the time, well, I'm damaged goods, so what does it matter? Or, you know, I've already had sex, so it doesn't, oh, it, it really matters. Like, it really matters be, be, because when, because when you are married, you will be deeply disappointed at how you don't experience the union and communion in the one flesh union because of all these other experiences and these other patterns. And it's, it, it, can, it can add to the wounding and, and like a disillusionment. I thought sex and marriage was gonna be so great but you've brought into it 
um, these patterns and the fragmentation. I like to say, you know, a wedding ring isn't a magic ring that you just like put on and boo, everything evaporates, you know, that happened before. You bring all those patterns. Yeah, so yeah. Um, I had a beautiful experience recently. I was able to go to a holy land. And um, I, I grew, there, there's the rock of the agony in the garden where Jesus sweat blood. And it, it's in a church and it's quite large. And our group had 15 extra minutes there um, to pray. Normally, you know, you just have to be moved on, moved on. And so I, I prostrated myself on the ground, touching, you know, the rock of agony. And I prayed for the blood of Christ to go through and re-virginize my mind and re-virginize my eyes wow. and re-virginize my mouth. It was profound because I can always, I'm always in need of healing. You can always be more virgin. It was, it was profound and never occurred to me to pray for the blood of Christ, you know, who cleanses us. We say that the blood of Christ cleanses us from our sins. It never occurred to me because that would be kind of freaky. Already it's kind of strange to pray to be re-virginized, but, you know, to, to, to pray for the blood of Christ, uh, you know, it's easier to imagine water because it's cleansing and purifying. But, you know, it just taught me, wow, this is so deep. You know, it, it just goes deeper and deeper. So that's the answer to that, to, you know, to that question. And then yeah, what can people do? Um, I think, Okay, this is an interesting way to answer this question. Probably not what you expect. We have a real misunderstanding of eros, <laughs> of what is erotic. And again, in Theology of the Body, John Paul II has this really beautiful, some beautiful reflections on eros. We, like virginity, we only know to think of eros in certain terms. Mm -hmm. And arrows is meant, is meant to be a power that draws us toward what is true, good, and beautiful. So eros is not restricted only to sexual desire, but that's the way we experience it. And what eros is meant to do, sorry, okay, now I'm going to like get really excited. <laughs> what eros is meant to do is it's meant to create bonds of belonging. When people are sexually active, whether it's the actual act of sexual intercourse or whether it's sexual activity with someone, what we're really trying to do so often is we're trying to create a connection. We want to feel close to someone. We want to create a bond, but we're going about it in the wrong way. I like to say right impulse, wrong solution. We would like to thank you for joining us for this episode. If you thought that it was helpful, please subscribe to the podcast and, and, and share with a friend. And for more content like this, online videos, special offers, access to exclusive Fire Up events and a Fired Up community, consider joining our Fire Up family. So head to our website and for a monthly gift of your choice, you can help others experience the love they always dreamed of. So um, may God bless you and your family. Now go set the world on fire.